The Teachers College at Emporia State University presents How We Teach This. Welcome to How We Teach This. Today's podcast episode topic is learning more about the Kansas Teacher Retention Initiative. Our guest is one of the co-researchers of the initial survey launched in the summer of 2021. Dr. Church, would you introduce yourself and explain how you got into education? Sure, Christy, I'd be happy to. Uh, My name is Brett Church, and uh, I am an associate professor at Emporia State in school leadership, work with graduate students predominantly, uh, but previously have spent my career in a variety of roles in education, Uh, started as a high school teacher, moved to building and district leadership, have served as assistant superintendent, uh, have worked in some organizations and, and in some consulting areas, and now find myself at the higher education level. Uh, I come from a family of educators, all here in Kansas. Uh, My father uh, was a teacher, superintendent, and later on a professor. My mom was a kindergarten teacher, um, and I have a variety of other family members that are all in education, so it's kind of the family business. Awesome. So you have a lot invested in Kansas education. Yes, it's, it's pretty much been uh, my whole life I've been surrounded by educators, so uh, it, it seems very natural and comfortable for me. All right. What led you to create the Kansas Teacher Retention Initiative along with Dr. Simmering? So Dr. Simmering and I found ourselves connected through a, a variety of ways. Uh, Dr. Simmering and I are both lifelong Kansans and Uh, We have some uh, six degrees of separation type piece where we uh, have different connections that we found ourselves getting together. And and really, I was asking him for some feedback originally on this idea I had around wanting to do some work around teacher retention. And his background as an organizational psychologist really opened my eyes to the type of work that uh, those in his field do and how it really is a perfect match between the two of us because I have a lot of background in the context of education and he has a lot of background obviously in psychology around the workplace and and how employees, uh, their engagement, the importance of that and how to analyze and really use some metrics to help us make decisions and and let data drive our decisions. So we kind of set out together to try and look much deeper uh, at this issue. And also because we felt like there was a bit of a gap when it came to data in this area. And so that is kind of what led us to starting the Kansas Teacher Retention Initiative or KTRI. All right. Awesome. Sounds like a good match then. It it has been a great partnership. So for those listeners who do not know, what is the current situation with teacher retention in Kansas? You know, we hear the stories that teachers are leaving the field, but what's the data show? Sure. Both at a national level and at the state level um, here in Kansas, we're seeing uh, a definite change with regards to teacher retention. Things are are getting worse and not better. Um, As an example, two thirds of school districts 
in the country report experiencing teacher shortages. Um, that's from a, a article from Frontline in 2021. And in Kansas, we see we are seeing our teacher vacancies increase uh, between the fall of 2020 and 2021. The number of vacancies increased by 62 percent per Kansas, the Kansas State Department of Education. And even this year, between fall and spring, within the school year, we saw another 128 vacancies pop up just between the fall and spring during the school year. So it is definitely something that is accelerating. Many people, I think the, the pandemic has had an effect on how quickly it has accelerated, but this has been an issue that has been a long time coming and was definitely beginning and, and getting worse prior to the pandemic. Oh, my. So how did the idea and the launch of the study come about? Well, I had done some work actually previous to arriving at Emporia State where I was doing some work with some school districts, just a few um, school districts out across the state around just recruitment and retention and some different strategies and, and more qualitative information, uh, more trainings around how to improve those in, in specific districts. And that's kind of where I've got, got my interest in this topic. And, and when I arrived at Emporia State, I was really interested in finding something that I could research, that I could spend a great deal of, you know, if you're going to spend a lot of time and energy in something, you want it to be something that you're passionate about. And I had found this to be not only something I was interested in, but also something I was passionate about with my background. And so uh, it also was grounded in, the idea that for years, Emporia State University used to do a supply and demand report for the State Department, where they really just looked at how many teachers are coming in and how many people are going out and how many positions do we have. And that ended in 2000. And since then, I think that we knew that there was an opportunity to fill that gap, as I mentioned, uh, with some additional data around retention, but more specifically, we were interested in trying to hear the voices of educators and really hear from teachers about what those factors were besides just kind of drawing, looking at uh, numbers. We wanted to hear from teachers and see how we could leverage that information to try to get to some of those key points that would help us address the issue. So instead of just data, number of teachers and number of new positions, you actually were able to ask questions that gave you some ideas of what's causing teachers to think about leaving? I mean, to make some correlations? Yes, that, that was our intention when we started. And that was to hear the voices of teachers and try to get perspectives that we could then leverage through additional analysis and through different metrics that would give us actionable data that was based on what teachers were telling us. Awesome. So you had several partner groups. How important was their role in the study? I, I would say that the partnerships that we have and that we were able to um, connect with was probably the single most important factor in the launch of and the success of the survey and so far the initiative itself. Not only did Emporia State partner with us, but we were able to partner with the Kansas Association of School Boards, 
um, the Kansas National Education Association, and the United School Administrators of Kansas. And the reason why that was so important was when we talk about stakeholders that are involved in this um, in different ways, you have school boards, you have administrators, and you have teachers. And those three associations not only joined us in partnership, but communicated the importance of this survey as a joint group and not individually. And there are times and in situations whereby the nature of the function of school districts, it's clear that these three groups have different roles and, they, and they're committed to different pieces because they have different roles. But in this case, it was very clear that the importance of having educators and having quality educators to help our state and our students to succeed was something that they all shared as a priority. And so having them help us to bring attention to and encourage participation, I think was key to the success of the survey. That's great. And, and it does support a lot of the details in now understanding what we can do with the data moving forward, I bet. Absolutely. So how do you feel about your sample size of 18,427 teachers? Well, we're... We're very excited about it, and I, I would I would love to say we knew that this was going to be the response we got, but that would not be the case. We had actually 20,000 teachers participate in some part of the survey, but after you get those samples, you have to go through and obviously find ones that either have not answered enough questions or you know, might be replicates or there might be other factors. And so that final sample of just under 18,500 was staggering to us. We don't know of a survey that has gotten this kind of response in the education field in Kansas. Um, that number actually represents uh, about 50% of educators in the state of Kansas. Uh, we had 100 and 31 districts that had 50% or more of their teachers respond. And we had a large number of districts participate that made up that sample. And it's the sample and the size of the sample that really is, has allowed us to do this analysis uh, in a way that we feel like is going to help with, with the next steps and the impact we can have. But it also is just reflective of the importance that I think teachers um, see in this topic, as well as other stakeholders, whether that be administrators, board members, community members, economic development folks. Uh, and I think that that attention and the topic probably also drove that participation. That is exciting. So what kind of questions did you ask the teachers? Well, in the survey, we really looked at three, beyond the demographic questions, we really looked at three areas, um, all of them based on Likert scales, five-point scales. Um, but the first section was around satisfaction. So this was around 34 specific aspects of being an educator. That could be everything from things like salary to the amount of plan time to parent support to administration uh, in their district to um social and emotional health of their students and themselves, just a variety of questions, all specific to being an educator. And we asked them on a satisfaction scale about that. The other, the second part of the survey was around engagement. 
And while the satisfaction questions are really around things that are specific to being an educator, the engagement questions are much more universal to engagement at work in general. So it really goes beyond just education and looks at the types of questions that you might see being asked in any organization or business with regards to employee engagement, or in this case, teacher engagement, because we know that engagement is extremely important. It is in essence, the measure that, that is a lead measure uh, to retention. If people are engaged, they're going to not only uh, stay in their job, but they're going to be more productive. Uh, they're going to be more positive, et cetera. And so we had 11 questions focused on engagement and they really are, are tied to the questions of, am I connected? Am I growing? Am I heard? And am I motivated? And then the last uh, few questions we asked, and there were just four, asked on a Likert scale about the likelihood of the following things happening. So as, a, as, as an educator, you're asking yourself, what is the likelihood of me retiring in the next three years, changing school districts, moving into administration, or leaving the profession altogether? And so we wanted to know how likely people were uh, to be doing those things. And we, we set retirement in the next three years. And we didn't do that in the other areas because obviously we anticipate everyone at some point will retire, but we're really looking at that retirement in the next three years. And the other questions were really just about the, the likelihood of that happening at some point. Okay. You mentioned engagement as one of the three areas that you focused on. What did you learn about engagement of teachers in this profession? Well, what we learned was that in our state and with our respondents when it came to teachers, we have five buckets that we designed, we call them buckets or categories, um, that we designed around engagement. And those are from actively disengaged on one end to strongly engaged on the other. So it's actively disengaged, disengaged, moderately engaged, engaged, and strongly engaged. And, and we kind of describe those, those categories. And so when we look at the respondents, those who fall in the engaged categories, moderately engaged, engaged, and strongly engaged, is 54% of educators or the respondents to our survey, and therefore, extrapolated out at a state level to 54%. 46% are in those disengaged areas. And so we've used that kind of as a point in time and as the first uh, look at engagement in our state with regards to teachers. And there's other engagement work that's done, a great deal of work, and, and primarily the research base is from Gallup. And they have their own engagement survey, and they've actually done it with teachers as well. Uh, they have different um, categories and, and actually only three categories. But as an example, when they look at professions across all professions across the country, they see engagement across all professions at around 35%. So while the 54% is just over half, I think it's always important to put it in context that it seems to us and through our look, educators are actually more engaged than are those possibly in other professions. And, and those in other professions are also um, more likely to be actively disengaged. And, and we feel like that's important because, you know, I think sometimes when you're inside 
any profession, your perception is that other places, you know, it's kind of a grass is always greener type situation. But, you know, as I say, there's not a profession out there uh, is very unlikely. There's a profession out there where there are 80 or 90% employees of that profession engaged. And so we want to keep that in context. We want to focus over time on education and teachers, but we also want to keep it in the context of a, of a broader view. So we were able to do that. And that, and that's kind of the summary of what we found in terms of engagement. Wow. That speaks um, highly of the teacher profession uh, as far as being committed to uh, doing their job and being involved in their um, school districts. It does. So what did you learn about the future intentions of Kansas educators? So when we looked at future intentions and we looked specifically at those four areas, we really honed in on two areas, um, primarily because while all of that information is important, when we're thinking about the challenges we're facing in the area of engagement and retention, we know that those who are retiring in the next three years and those that may be leaving the profession are really the ones that kind of make up what we've started referring to as a risk factor, because those are those that will be leaving the pool itself. If a teacher goes to another school district or goes to an administra- into an administrative role, they're still within the pool of those supporting public education in Kansas. And so we really started looking at those, other, those groups of leaving the profession or retiring in the next three years. And it was important to us when we call something a risk factor, we don't want to overstate. When you use a phrase like risk factor, you don't want to overstate something like that. And so we only looked at those who said they were more likely than not and very likely and probably or very likely and will probably happen were the two anchors, which would be the four and five anchors on the Likert scale. We didn't include the somewhat likely. We left the middle anchor, the three out, and we only looked at the percentages of the four and five. And when we look at that, what we know is that the retiring in the next three years is 14% and the leaving the profession is 16% in those top two categories, creating a statewide risk factor of 30%. And so that is something that really highlights not only with vacancies, what we're seeing, as I mentioned earlier, but also in terms of what the thoughts are of educators which, with regards to their future in education. So were you able to find anything that the teachers in those two groups had in common? Yes. So the, some of the analysis we did was we really wanted to look at multiple measures in the survey to kind of identify those areas of improvement and what we might be able to do or improve that would have the most impact or at least draw attention to those items that are having the most impact. So one of the things we talked about already was that we looked at satisfaction. And so we wanted to take the items that were low satisfaction items in terms of the perceptions of teachers. We also then, if you think about it kind of like three boxes, 
So we wanted to look at the ones that check the box of low satisfaction. Then we wanted to look at the factors or the items that were drivers of engagement. Because as we mentioned, engagement is the key metric that we want to look at in terms of improvement and, and, and engagement really leads to retention. And so we wanted to find those items that were statistically significant, specific to engagement. And so we wanted to see those that check that box. And then following up on what we just talked about, we wanted to look at those that were drivers or predictive of those saying they were going to leave the profession. That was kind of our third box. And so what we then wanted to look at is what items checked all three boxes, low satisfaction, drivers of engagement, and predictors of those leaving the profession. Those to us were the most critical ones to draw attention to, even though there's a ton of data in the report and in the research. It really just comes down to how we try to highlight something that we feel like can be very powerful in what it says. And there were seven items, as I mentioned, that checked all three boxes. Those seven items were your current salary, which may not surprise folks, um, the amount of planned time a teacher's provided, so the amount of time they have to prepare during the day, the ability to request and secure a substitute teacher for your absence. So um, when a teacher is absent, are we able to get a substitute teacher or do teachers have to cover or split classes um, to cover when we can't get a substitute? The vision and leadership of the Board of Education was important. The quality of professional development days and opportunities was another one of those areas. The district's attention and approach to supporting teacher mental and emotional health. And then lastly, society's view of the teaching profession was one of those factors. And as a matter of fact, society's view of the teaching profession, when we look at satisfaction, is a third of a point on a five-point scale lower than any other of the 34 factors. So that is by far the lowest satisfaction area when it comes to what teachers are saying is that society's view of the teaching profession. But those seven items were really the ones, were the ones that checked all three boxes. And so those are areas that we want to bring out just because um, they're the ones having probably, or not probably, those are the ones having the most significant impact in all three areas that we looked at in the survey. So if you are thinking about things that are within someone's control and those that are not, did you highlight anything like that that help us realize where we might be able to take action and make change? Yes, I think that, that we tried to highlight some areas that generally came out of the data, some, some areas. We also tried to identify, and, and in conversations and, and outreach that we're doing, we're trying to help people think about what are those things that might change more quickly? What are those things that we have con more control over, less control over? What are things that will take more time? So an example like society's view of the teaching profession, that is probably something that we have less control over and might change perceptions or views will probably change uh, more slowly than something like um, the quality of professional development days and opportunities, which are something that are 
really controlled by the education system. What are we doing to provide teachers with support to develop professionally? How do we make those better? We probably have more control over that and it probably will take, uh, be able to be something that's done a little quicker. So each one kind of fits in a different spot, depending on when you think about those factors. Okay. So what differences did you observe between the generational groups for teachers? Well, one of the things that we wanted to do in the survey was to use the demographic information to be able to, to look at generations and see if there are differences, not only in specific areas, but also in terms of engagement, retention, likelihood to leave the profession. And one of the pieces that was um, that came out of the data and that we really highlighted along with a couple other areas is the millennial generation. Because as we know, that's the generation that is currently the largest percentage of the workforce and growing. Um, and of the three generations that we looked at, there's not a lot. We really only have one year of data when it comes to Generation Z. And so we're, we built that into the survey, but we really don't have enough data there to make any conclusions. So we looked at the millennial generation, the Gen X generation, and the baby boomer generation. And what we found, um, and, and this is somewhat concerning, is that the millennial generation is signif statistically significantly less engaged and more likely to leave the profession. So that group that is at the, the heart of those in the workforce and going to be in the profession the longest, hopefully over time, are significantly less engaged and significantly more likely to leave the profession. And so that was one of the key findings from the survey that we're trying to bring attention to as well and figure out how we can make adjustments or at least uh, get dialogue and, and some things happening across the state around how we try to improve um, the engagement of those millennial educators. Wow. So how do we take all this information and create realistic action plans that can have an impact for Kansas teachers? You know, I think the first step is to try to highlight, as we've kind of talked about uh, through our conversation here, some of those key areas. We've talked about um, society's view of the teaching profession. We've talked about the millennial generation. You know, the Board of Education is extremely important, as we mentioned. Uh, the role of principals is very, very important. Um, as a matter of fact, we asked five questions about principals on the survey, and all five questions were significant drivers of engagement. And so that is a key part. So first is bringing some attention and awareness to the data that we've been able to, to collect, try to increase dialogue and understanding of the data. But then from that, really get down to what it is at its core that needs to be given attention, uh, time, and resources to try to change this piece. This is not something that is going to be a quick fix. And so how do we really start thinking about things that are long-term levers that we can, can really you know, pull to hopefully turn the tide of what we're seeing in the data? And I think to do that, we have to be able to look at things beyond what might be 
a few hundred dollars on the base salary or might be, um, you know, some recognition programs or those things. This is going to take not nibbling around the edges, but really thinking about this in ways that might be different than we've looked at those before. And then trying to get those stakeholders who we who were engaged in getting this research done, getting those stakeholders at the table and everyone that has a, a hand in this uh, the solution or the turning the tide of this situation together, looking at those different viewpoints and finding places that we think are going to start uh, the road back to maybe improving this. And I think that's how we start to figure out those pieces and then allowing off of that work individual districts to really understand their data and be able to do those action plans both Yes, we have we can do some things at the state level, but individual districts looking at their data specifically as well and trying to address things at a local level. Well, I like that there tends to be this thought in society that teachers just want more money. And it, it shows from what the data you've collected that there's actually more to it than just money. There's other areas and things that might not even be outrageously expensive that could be changed to improve the way teachers feel about their jobs and, and their value. Yes. And, 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 you know, the salary piece is an interesting one because it is definitely one of the seven items that I mentioned earlier. But one of the things that's interesting about salary is that is not something in terms of the, the level of pay or the, the amount of pay, despite it always, you know, it's, it's not something that we've seen huge changes in. Most educators entered the profession realizing that it wasn't going to be the most lucrative profession. As a matter of fact, I, I uh, was at a presentation a while back where they talked about that there's even information during late first century AD and early second century AD, where there was a Roman satirical author who talked about teachers uh, making similar pay to bath attendants, fortune tellers, and tightrope dancers. <laughs> and so uh, even then there were references to the pay of teachers. And I think you make a good point that it is not to suggest that that is not important because obviously when we talk about those three boxes being checked, it's one of those items but we don't want to overly focus or exclusively focus on that area because I think there's more to the situation as you, as you alluded to. Uh, that's great. So what might the future hold for this survey? Well, our intention is to do the survey every other year. So the first survey, as, as you know, was done in the fall of 2021, but we also have to be aware of the fact that every time that we do a survey, this environment is unique. It's not always going to be the same. The fall of 2021 is probably even more unique than most because of its relationship to the pandemic. Yeah. And so what's important to us is to make sure that we are continuing to gather this data so that we can figure out over time, what are those factors that may be being influenced by a time, a certain time frame? And it doesn't just mean the pandemic, it could be anything. 
And what are those things that sustain every time we collect this data? So our intention is to, for instance, do it in the fall. We will do it in the fall of 2023, the fall of 2025, the fall of 2027. So we can start building longitudinal data on this as well, and also allowing the state and individual districts to be able to see what movement there may be in their results also. So that's our future, as well as continuing to do research, outreach, and engagement around this topic uh, through the Kansas Teacher Retention Initiative for us to continue to try to stay focused on this topic and do everything we can to improve the situation. So if someone wanted to get more information about how they could uh, look at this data or create an action plan with some information from this survey, what might they do to get more information? Uh, well, our, uh, the whole report and an executive summary of the study uh, is on our website, which is uh, www.emporia.edu slash KTRI. And you can go there and download the report. It's got all the graphs and information in it. And you, and you can look at a variety of, of different looks at this data. And, and then also, you know, you can see there, there's a way to contact me or uh, at Emporia State. But we also have uh, a Twitter account for the Kansas Teacher Retention Initiative for KTRI. And we put out information on there from time to time. Uh, so those are some ways people can get more information. Awesome. And we'll have links to those resources on our website as well for our listeners to uh, get those. So do you have any other comments or advice you'd like to offer? I really appreciate your time to share about this. You know, I think the one thing that I think I would, I would close with is just in a general look, I think this is a very complex and multifaceted challenge and problem that we're facing. And I think that it's going to require a lot of different pieces. There will not be one silver bullet. It's going to require a lot of different pieces uh, to start addressing this. And I think instead of, of that being intimidating and it making us feel pessimistic, looking, you know, because we can't find that one thing. I think we need to embrace the idea that an all of the above approach of trying to find different ways to do this are more likely to get us to turn this around than just that one piece. And I think we need to embrace that and really think about all the different factors that we can influence to try to make this change that we're looking to do. And so I would just encourage everyone, despite the fact that, you know, the, the, the current environment in terms of teacher retention and the statistics we talked about earlier can really be deflating. But if we can approach this by looking at a lot of different ways that we can turn levers to try to uh, turn dials or, or, you know, pull levers to try to improve this, we're going to have a better chance of doing it. So I hope that we can look at it uh, from that perspective versus just seeing um, the challenge as being uh, overwhelming. Well, I love the possibility that maybe we can find that there's a school district that is already doing a better quality professional development program and the teachers in their district are more satisfied with that type of professional development. And then that district can teach others what they're doing um, to spread the improvement. Uh, so I think 
I'm hoping there's potential for those kinds of changes. We're very hopeful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being on our podcast, How We Teach This. And for our listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you. I have been intrigued by the data that this initiative has gathered with the survey. And I'm eager to learn more about how the teacher shortage and the retention of teachers is going in the state of Kansas. And we're going to have more guests in the future on episodes talking about positive possibilities for change, personal stories, how this is impacting teachers and students. I hope you will subscribe. Keep an eye out for future episodes. You've been listening to How We Teach This. Thank you. We hope that you have enjoyed the podcast and will share with other educators about our program. You can subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to write to us, our email address is hwtt.emporia.edu. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at HWTT underscore ESU. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for How We Teach This. This episode was produced by Christy Dugan. And I'd like to recognize Dr. Zenny Colorado Reza and Terry Kaiser for their support. I'm Christy Dugan, and you've been listening to How We Teach This.